Hey, it's Philip here. Uh, I'm with Mark. Uh, Peter might join midway through uh, to be determined. Um, speaking of midway through, we're midway through Wimbledon right now, um, and Mark and I are gonna preview some of the uh, some of the round of 16 matches coming up on uh, Super Monday tomorrow. Uh, quick aside, uh, if you like what you're hearing follow us at doubles alley pod on twitter uh, and give us a five-star review on itunes um and then tell all your friends about it we only have a few million listeners so uh we could use a few more um anyways mark uh, i have a question i have a question for you um before we get started i think this is actually the third time that one of us in all three majors at least one of us in the pod has been reporting uh you know on location you were in australia during the aussie open and then in paris during uh rafael nadal open and now i'm i'm here in london for wimbledon so we really you know in in, in keeping with the idea of giving our fans what we want we we'd get as close to the action as possible <laughs> yeah um yeah we we really try and um excel here at the doubles alley um and you know who else tries to excel is Rafael Nadal. Um, so it really looked like he was screwed by the draw. He, it looked like he was going to have to play Kyrgios, Songa, Chilich, and team all back-to-back. But the draw sort of cleared up for him. He, he got past Kyrgios and Songa, and uh, Chilich and team lost before he's going to have to play them. So he's got a pretty chill next two rounds. Um, and so I have a question for you. Uh, has there been a time in your life when you feel, you felt like initially that oh shit you I'm screwed uh, the divine forces have conspired against me and then you uh, and then all of a sudden the sh- it, the ship was righted yeah yeah it's a good question I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start with something because about as far back as I can remember. Uh, my, my memory doesn't stretch back any further than that. But uh, in, in the late 80s, I was playing squash at Tufts, and I had finally broke the top 10. Uh, the first, my freshman year, I got to play matches when players were sick or we were playing a lesser team. Then my sophomore year, I had broken the top 10. So I was playing number 8. And I found out, and the coach, I don't know, maybe I was just deliberately naive, but the coach said, oh, uh, you know, by the way, we have uh, three players coming back, took the fall semester off, and because they were ahead of you in the lineup, uh, you're going to have to play challenge matches against all of them to hold your spot. And so the first guy that I played apparently had spent the semester in Amsterdam and got so hooked on the funny stuff that he refused to do anything unless he was on the funny stuff. So I beat him, and then sim- similar circumstances. Anyway, by virtue of winning the three challenge matches, uh, the coach said, oh, you really play well under pressure. So instead of playing number eight, it me up to number six. So I think it was, it was one of those where, like, just when I kind of hit the initial rite of passage, I was able to sort of super... The other challenges into an even better spot. 
Yeah, that's a good story. And actually, my story also involves Amsterdam, um, but not the funny stuff, although it is a funny story. Um, so about uh, two weeks ago, I was uh, texting while biking, which kids at home, you should never do. It's extremely dangerous. Uh, but then I just like dropped my phone uh, and the bike, the back wheel uh, crushes like the lens on the phone. Um, the lens was the part like on the pavement, uh, like touching the pavement. So like the front of my phone was fine and the phone worked fine. It was just the camera that was screwed up. And so I went to the Apple store in France, uh, in Paris, and they were just like, oh, no, uh, we can't fix this. You're going to have to buy a new device. It's 600 euros. I'm just like, fuck, I guess I can go without a good camera. Uh, but then I was in Amsterdam last week, and I was passing the Apple store, um, <laughs> like, on my way to the, uh, on my way to my hotel. I had, like, a f few hours before check-in, so I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to see if the French were just, like, being French or if, like, there is uh, really nothing I can do about uh, this phone other than buy a new one. And so I go into the Amsterdam uh, store, and they're just like, yeah, like, I messed up my phone. It's like, yeah, we can't fix this, but it looks like you have Apple Care, so we'll give you a new one for free. And I'm just like, why well, couldn't? The French Apple Store employees tell me that I had Apple Care. You know, <laughs> like that's so classic <laughs> Mont Francais. Just like, yeah, just terrible customer service. Like, even at a company whose brand is like incredible com customer service. Um, but yeah, it looked like I would have to buy a new phone or go without a camera, and then I get a new phone with an awesome camera for free. I don't know if you ever saw the Junior Mint episode in Seinfeld <laughs> where uh, they're watching a surgery and from the observation deck of a surgery and Stanza's eating Junior Mints. It's uh, Kramer Jerry who's eating Junior Mints. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Kramer, right? And, then, yeah. and, and the Junior Mint. Yeah. Anyway, it reminds me of the ju Junior Mint episode. So it, uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, just when everything seems to be going exactly the opposite of, of how you want it. It, it, it really is uh, a sweet sorrow. So, so I, I, I would say you're right. That, that was maybe a good microcosm of the first week of what what's appeared to be really difficult draws for certain players turned out to be blessings in disguise. And maybe what seemed to be really easy draws for players turned out to be curses in disguise. But I guess as we threw the, the round of 16 and you know, how the actual uh, spots there match up with our predictions, then maybe we'll, we'll see this team going forward. So let's uh, Do you, uh, let's boost our egos a little bit first. Uh, are there any call calls that you're uh, especially proud of so far? Anything? Yeah, I called Coco, Coco Goff in the, in the <laughs> ladies' draw. Uh, I called it before the qualifiers. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I had a sense. I was talking to my wife, and she's like, you know, what, what do you think about the ladies' draw at Wimbledon? I said, is Serena playing? And uh, she said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I go with Serena. However, 
just before, could you tell me who the youngest potential player in the draws or in the in the qualifiers? And, and she said her, and said, you know, I'm just going to, I don't know much about him. I'm going to go with the youngest player. So I, I called that right. I, and, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, I'm, for sure, for sure. I, I have written proof of it. You're totally. Yeah right. <laughs> now I, I think the two two picks I'm most proud of are are Fernando Verdasco, and I picked him specifically for my wife, sensing that if we were going to go to Wimbledon, I wanted to pick somebody that she would enjoy looking at, and then as long as it's the just looking, right? Exactly. As long as it's just looking. <laughs> exactly. And then I picked the exact opposite, which okay, if we're going to go to the match and. He's not going to be distracted, tempted by somebody. Who would you pick? And I went with, with Sam Querrey in that. So for, for both excuses, I, I, I picked those two well, and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah, the, the data scientist um, is doing really well. <laughs> yeah, he, he's querying, my, he's querying my... everyone. He queried team. Uh, yeah. Um, those queries are important. You know, if you hit the right query, you really get a good answer. Yeah. Also, uh, another another one for him is uh, Queer Eye. He had it. He yeah, because he, he's it. got a really good fashion yeah. sense, I think. Um, it seems to be. It seems to work for Wimbledon. It works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. That, that he's got he's got pro. an eye for uh, white colors. Um, <laughs> it's about it. <laughs> I think that with, with his negative 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 score on the fashionista scale, uh, Wimbledon works perfectly. Yeah, um, yeah, but that was a really good pick. Um, and he's actually, if anybody's gonna stop Nadal before uh, the semifinals, uh, I think Query's the only one um, who could. Um, I'm not that scared of Sousa or or Sandgren. Um, as for my bracket, I guess I'm, I'm proud of calling, um, a few upsets. Like I called Chilich, I called Chilich and, um, and Anderson both losing first round. They lost second round, but I'm going to count them as upsets that I called. Uh, but man, there've been a ton of upsets that I, I didn't even call, which is like Sitsipas. I guess I, I didn't have Sverev in the round of 16, um, uh, but I, I didn't have Sitsipas or team losing. Um, yeah, it, it really seems like uh, like it's gonna be the big three on a collision course again. Yeah, they don't like to share. Um, they're the, they're the Grand Slam equivalent of the of the Parisian Apple Store, which is they just. <laughs> They make no allowances for foreigners. <laughs> they do not. They just, you know, they book those hotels for two weeks. They book the massages for two weeks, and they don't want to lose their money. Uh, maybe, we can start at, maybe we can start at the top of the draw. And if you can remember, we spent a few days in Amsterdam. I, I can understand if the short-term memory is not what it should be. But um, did you have Joker and Felix in that in that? Er- upper pair in the round of 16? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so Felix lost to uh, Ugo Humbert. And I uh, I saw the Humbert match. Um, and France actually has a good young player in Humbert Humbert. Um, 
he uh, he was real. He really did a good job of dispatching of the youngest person in the draw, um, which is a little bit poetic. Um, and uh, he's got a pretty filthy lefty serve and a pretty good game to back it up. Uh, it's sort of um, for me. It was so he, he took out Monfils. He, he took, took out, out he, he, he took out uh I think yeah Monfils and then no I think Monfils might have lost earlier but he 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 is he was the one who No uh, they, they they were playing against each other in the first round. Okay yeah the then he he took out Monfils and Felix um Okay that's impressive stuff. Yeah, yeah he's got a sick lefty serve um and a game to back it up. And I had called Felix not just to beat Djokovic, but to win the tournament. I was feeling extremely bold uh, when I was making my predictions. And, uh, you know, like, I guess the silver lining here is that France has an extremely promising young player. Um, And I actually think he could uh, make Djokovic work if he plays as well as he did against Felix. Um, the guy is number sixty-six in the world, so I mean, I'm not. Sh- I'm sure he doesn't play amazing all the time, but uh, he's someone you don't want to be playing on grass. He's like a a Jill's Mueller type. Mueller, Mueller. Yeah. Who do you think the French pulling for in that match? I mean, they. I guess they want their favorite son to repeat as champion, or I think you think they'll go for their their native underdog. Um. The French like to be contrarian, and since uh, Djokovic is the reigning champion, they'll probably uh, root for the other guy, just because it's so um, French. It's yeah. so cliche to root for the guy who who won it. That's fair. Well, I think you and I both 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 on the same land in that in that pair. So in the next match, I had Charty against Verdasco. I don't think it involves Charty. I guess it's called Goffin. Goffin, yeah. Yeah, it's Goffin. You, you might have called both. Oh, no, you had Goffin and Sitsipas. Yeah, and I had Sitsipas winning. But Goffin Verdasco is going to be a good match. I looked at their head to head. It's 3 all. Um, and so, yeah, they're pretty even. Well, Verdasco plays this tournament well. He's got nothing to lose. Are you taking Joker in three or four or five in that in that first match? I'm taking Joker in four. What that's about a, you? That's a fair one. And how about this match? Uh, Goffin in four, or or you think it, it'll go the distance? I think Goffin in four. Yeah, what do you think? Oh, I'll make the same call. I think Goffin had a very big win in the previous match, a tough one. Yeah, and, and uh, he got lucky. It was 7-5 uh, in the fifth, but he got two days of rest because of the the Sunday break at Wimbledon. Ah, uh, yeah. So he's not going to really be feeling it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Good match. You know, it'd be like a nice little side bet, side match to watch. So in the next match, I had my uh, against Stan. Um, not the best prediction ever, not the worst. But as it turns out, I guess it's, it's Guido Pella against uh, Milos the Missile. Uh, who did you have in that match? Um, who did you predict? I had, uh, I think I had, I had, I forget who I had, but I had Rayanich, um winning. I forget who, I, I think I had him playing Stan. Um, 
But Guido Pelleb, man, you uh, you called him him uh, upsetting a player a tournament too early, man. Dude, he he took down Chilich in three. No, was it Chilich? No, he took down Anderson in three. And Anderson had been playing well because Anderson had beaten some good players in early matches. He beat Herbert, and then he probably beat. Tipsarevich or somebody of the like. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, so he had been playing well. The thing is, I just got confused. I thought that the French was on grass. <laughs> Wimbledon was on so Dude, Pella's I game. You can I, understand. I'm, I'm, new. I, I'm actually I'm new to this. sort of surprised. I'm extremely surprised that he made it to the round of 16 at Wimbledon because he has a loopy top spin game. Um... So I guess he's just playing well, um, but I think Ray Anderson's going to win. Who do you think's more win. surprised? Who do you think's more surprised, him or you? Uh, me. He probably <laughs> believes in himself a little more than I believe in him. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I, I believe in him too much, so he's probably the midpoint of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. he's he's the nice uh, average. He's uh, our chap. He's our chap. I guess. You take a Milos and, and four in that as well. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I think Milos and three uh, with two tie breaks. Yeah, it's, it sounds like something to do. Um, so in the next match, I really couldn't be further away from the truth. I picked, and this is the one I just don't really know who's there. I picked Lopez against uh, pair up against pair. And my hunch tells me neither of them are no, uh, in it's, uh, England so, anymore. So, um, Pear made it, apparently. Uh, but uh, he's going to be playing against Bautista Goop um, instead of oh, Lopez. Oh, Pear, yeah, better both Okay, all right. Yeah, it's a pretty nice uh, pairing. Um, <laughs> it's sort okay. of like... Nice. Because of the last name length, like Bautista Gu has a really long one and uh, Pear has a really short one. It's a little bit uh, pear shaped on the draw with uh, Pear's name ahead of, on top of Bautista Gu's. Is, is Bautista Gu, is that like a growth on the, or Bautista Gu some type of topic? I mean, maybe, you know, you've traveled Europe a little better than me. Like if I have a Bautista Goot, does that mean I'm just a throat disorder, or or it, it, you know, locally no, it means something different? No, no. A Bautista Goot is a um, tapa with uh, a piece of bread, um, <laughs> olives on it, and uh, I think like sort of a pesto type spread. Um, but it's not pesto; it's something more Spanish. I'm glad I didn't pick them. Just for that reason alone. Yeah, you thanks, don't you thanks. don't like olives, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. The biggest fan. Yeah, you're you're uh, more you're more you, you you prefer fruit. Yes, exactly. So in this case, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of parody. <laughs> that is one match. Um, that that may be the first match in Wimbledon history where the only player people watching the match. Be, because like Super Monday and there's so much else going on. The only people watching are their is their family and their mistresses. That could happen in attendance of nine. <laughs> but uh, who are you thinking of that? 
Um, I think uh, Benoit pairs a hair hair product sponsors will probably be watching as well. Um, uh, you, you think the quarterfinal should be sponsored by hair products? I got you. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the all the battle of the hair products. Yeah, the battle of the gel. Who who has the most um, balance? Who has the best balance? Like grass is slippery, and so is hair gel. So it's like a Rayanich versus pear quarterfinal would be this would be like they're on ice skates. I was gonna say, yeah, it's tough. To, tough for the baseline. You could definitely your lateral movement should be pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, yeah, that, I really can't imagine. I can't imagine one person begging, you know, uh, um, companions to Wimbledon saying, can we get out of here? I really, I just really, really want to see the pair Batista. <laughs> if, if there is somebody who does, more power to them. Yeah, and also a pair of Ray and Itch match would not be that much fun either. <laughs> um, so so that, that like makes- sort of section of the draw is like the one that's destined for the outside courts. Don't you think it's important, though, like as a tennis fan, that you have a couple matches like that? So you, it, there's just nothing that's like going to stop you from exercising during that time. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, occasionally you say, hey, I want to go exercise, and then there's a match that kind of draws you in. But at least if that match is on TV, <laughs> that's the only match to watch, you have no qualms about, you know, getting out and just getting some exercise in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, when that match is on, I'll be, you know, outside. Uh, yeah, going for a run. Uh, checking to make sure the match is over before I turn on my TV again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't even want to turn this. It's too much energy to turn on the TV. You no, either no, just check, check it's, it. It's not chat. about the effort to turn on the TV. It's just that I feel like... I will have had a negative emotional experience by having to like watch one point. Do you have maybe a, a, a another solution to that is you download the app and you make both of them, you know, first to watch your favorites. You get the updates on the phone. <laughs> so at least you know, or is that even too much of an emotional investment? Just to have to look at the phone. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's worth it's worth uh, beta testing. Um, mm. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna beta test. I'm gonna beta test it tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the Pella and Milos. I'm Spe- gonna make them some of my favorites. Speaking as long of nobody sees them. Speaking of betas, uh, Sam Query uh, plays against Tennis Sangren um, in the next round. Yep. That's another. That's. That may even rank higher on the on the beta testing chart. I almost don't want to pick anybody because I really could care less. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tennis Sandgren has the better name. Sam Curry is the tougher out, particularly as he gets further into a draw. Uh, I see Query taking that in four. He seemed, but maybe the the day. Who knows? Oh, he he only had a normal day off. I think uh, like I think Query has enough time to like. Parse the data and run a regression on uh, Sangren's strengths and weaknesses, um, and so he'll uh, he'll he'll get through it in four. Speaking of a match that will not be four tomorrow, 
Oh, sorry. By the way, I had Corey and Simone in that in that fourth round. So at least I got half of it right. Yeah. I've actually, in every case, in each of the picked one of the two players, with the exception of Milos and Pela. That's the only one that I didn't pick either of them. Yeah. I never got both players right, but I got in all cases I got at least one. So I had I had Silic against Rafa in that match, and uh, you know I guess if any if somebody makes the round of six no slouch, but I can't imagine Rafa, you know, having too much of a letdown after those two two strong wins he had. Yeah, yeah, I think Rafa wins in three. Like he's looking good. Um, like he crushed Songa. Um, and Kyrgios was playing well, and Rafa got through it in, in four, um, and, and yeah. extremely, uh, salty affair. Um, those guys, uh, are not the best friends, uh, I think we can, uh, deduce. Yeah, I mean, I think you need that. I think that may hurt him. You know, if he plays query, I mean, that's probably like one guy that just there's nobody in, in you know, on the tour who's ever had an axe to grind against him. Yeah. So I think that you know maybe with and then not to say that one really would ever have an axe to grind against Songa because he's he's about as likable as they get. But I mean, if there was a player on in the, in the draw that had less fewer enemies, just even fewer anything. Uh, it would be query. So maybe, you know, maybe when he doesn't have that little extra incentive, the first set isn't quite as explosive, but, you know, I would think Rafa's goal is get off the court as quickly as possible, you know, save the energy. Final match will be a challenge regardless of who gets through. So tomorrow he's just looking to, to get it over with and, you know, get, get, get some good PlayStation for, uh, before the quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the final two matches are Kakushkin and uh, Nishikori and uh, Berrettini Federer. Um, what are your thoughts on those? No, yeah, not given the Nishikori or Kakushkin match any thought. I mean, literally, like, even in an extendedly long <laughs> shower, I haven't given it any thought, but I, I did pick Nishikori. I had Nishikori and Isner. Uh, and uh, you know Nishikori is is, is a good player. I'll just pick him, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'll definitely pick him. I think you want to have the, the Uniqlo battle in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I, I uh, as well so have not uh, given that Nishikori Kakushin match any thought. None, like <laughs> not a single thought until now. But uh, my one thought, and I promise there will not be a second, is that uh, Nishikori, it seems like he's destined to make the quarterfinals in every major and not go any further. And why would Wimbledon be any different? Like, grass is his worst surface, so I sort of see him beating Kukushkin, um, which is my last thought on that match, and then uh, losing to Federer in the next round. Um, the Berrettini could uh, could take a set from Federer, um, just because he's had a really good grass court season. He's a young guy who sort of just recently found his game. Um, I think he's twenty two years old. Uh, he won in Togenbach. He's ha- he made the semis of an I think Hal, um, either Hal or Queens. Um, yeah. and he's 
Yeah, he beat Schwartzman um, in a dogfight. Yeah, the guy is a good grass court player. Um, And not many people will know his name, but uh, don't be surprised if uh, he tests Federer a little bit, though I fully expect Federer to get through it. Yeah, I I like the way you see it. You know, with Fed every once in a while, kind of like a little bit with Rafa and Clay. Yeah, I sometimes if they almost see losing a set, if it's like set two or set, there's almost a win-win situation, and they say, "All right, okay, I can just practice forty-five minutes less tomorrow." Like they take the extra <laughs> set. It's almost like glorified practice time. Really. I mean, they sort of know what the outcome's going to be. Because if you, if you see, like, after these guys drop a set, they just start crushing. You know, it's not like they, they lose 6-4. You know, they... Well, I'm not talking about the, these players on their weaker surfaces, but on the strong surface, you know, if they lose the set, they usually just demolish them in the next one. So it's like, all right, great. Yeah. You know, I don't have to go for a run later. You know, maybe I can practice a little later tomorrow. And maybe the, the Fed the Fed tomorrow, but I, that's the kind of person who could who could really give Fed a dogfight for the first two sets, and then and then Federer will adjust in, in whatever way he has to. So Federer actually did lose a set in the first round and did exactly what you said. He ended up still winning the match in under two hours. A four-set match in under two hours. That's pretty... Uh, only Federer could do that. Look at Rafa in the finals of Paris. I mean, how long did the last three sets last after <laughs> yeah. he lost the second one? And, yeah. And not not that he was planning on not that he was planning not that he was planning on practicing. But Rafa spends Rafa spends way too much time between points, like bouncing the ball to end any match in two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so you okay. might have to you might have to aggregate. So so let's do the rest of our picks right quick. So we've got Goffin and Djokovic in the first quarter. Who do you have in that one? Yeah, I hadn't looked ahead. I mean, it's, I think that the tougher match for Djokovic will be tomorrow uh, in the quarterfinals. So I could see tomorrow going four, and then the quarter would be, would be straight sets, regardless of who he gets. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, thing is, like, yeah, the big, so when I see, like, a big three member playing against, like, someone of the next tier, like Goffin, um, they just know that guy's game too well. They've seen him too many times, like, Goffin is not going to beat a member of the big three. It's going to be, have to be, like, a young guy whose game they haven't seen very much, like, uh... Or like a guy yeah. like team who is just a phenomenal clay court player. Um, so either a guy who is a relative unknown or a guy who is just known to be phenomenal at a certain surface. And that's the those are the only cases when one of the big three is going to lose. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that's a, you know, the, the, the young guys don't go in with a fear they really do have nothing to lose. Whereas, you know, the second-tier players, God, if I get crushed again, I'm 0 and, you know, I'm 1 and 15 against this guy. I'm 0 and 10 in Grand Slam. So, uh, 
the young guys are playing with the house's money. The, the second tier are not. And I think that that would apply kind of your, your theory here that Nishikori gets through. So, like, part kind of the theory is that, like, tomorrow. the more... Time, the more times Barry Bonds has seen a pitcher's fastball, like a certain pitcher's fastball, like the like the more used to it he is, and like the less likely to be uh, to swing and miss he is. You know, I think that's what happened to Federer in the first round against Lloyd Harris. Is that Lloyd Harris has like a an especially low toss on a serve, and so Federer was like a little bit confused by his service motion, and then he like his computer, his like mental computer, like figured it out uh, after the first set, and it was over after that. Yeah, I think we're looking at that. I think in every quarterfinal match, with the exception of Rafa's match, I think we're seeing that scenario. But just because Query is the ultimate tournament wild card, yeah, uh, and really does play well in higher stakes matches, he'll lose to sixty percent of the matches. Maybe against people who are ranked about the same level as him. But like you say, he get you know get him into the week, and he uh, he's tough. Yeah, I mean, he's I, a I really tough seen out him in a lot of those big matches. But what? Yeah, he's a really tough out. Especially on grass, I mean, like he's known, his best results have been like on grass. He was a former semifinalist. I, I don't think he's tough as in beat Rafa tough, but I think he's tough as in, you know, give Rafa a, a tiring quarterfinal like Rafa had last year. You know, so Rafa will not pull on him, and nor would any of the other big three roll on him at that point. So I think, I think that will be the match to watch in the quarters, and probably the only one. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. So, so do we both have uh, Djokovic, Dranic, and Nadal Federer in the semis? With to to Rainic fans, I don't even want to give him that much thought <laughs> as a two match thoughts. But but he also if he if he makes the second week, you know this is his one tournament to shine. So. Um, yeah. I like Pear. I'll be rooting for Pear. I'm rooting for Pear to win a pair of matches, but likely Milos. (laughs) Yeah, I'll go with that as well. Um, And what about, what about, so Nadal Federer, who do you have in that match? I'm going to have to recall that match in, in sort of by Wednesday or Thursday. If Nadal rolls, if Nadal only loses one set in the next two matches, I might pick Rafa if if he if he goes real close if he has some close sets tomorrow and then like a four set exhausting grind not exhausting but semi exhausting grind with Queer then I'll pick Fed but if Nadal gets on a roll I think um, this will be the reverse of the French where Nadal really will have nothing to lose and would and so Fed might tighten up a little bit so uh, I. I guess I'm not. I can't call it yet. I'm not ready. I'm calling Fed in that match. I just think uh, he's a stronger grass court player. Um, and if you look at their uh, recent match, it like uh, Federer played Nadal really tight on uh, on clay, and I feel like uh, 
the surface is the like Nadal had because of like how high the ball was bouncing and how slow the yeah. courts were. Like a Federer, if they played that exact same match on grass, like Federer would win yeah, that's that match. True. Um, that's a good way to look at it. Um, I guess if I have to pick, I would I would pick the same result, Federer in four. Uh, and the main reason he would just get more free points, you know, probably twenty more free points on on the aces. Yeah. Uh, Nadal would be in a more defensive position to try to hit passing shots. Whereas, you know, he can switch from defense to offense much quicker on clay. You know, no, no fault. I, but I, I, then again, I'm picking Fed to win the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, so you're picking him above, ahead of, so the Djokovic Federer final, you pick Fed? I think because Djokovic won the last two that they've played at Wimbledon, to me, the law of averages says that Fed is due for one. That's if they had split the last two, then I would think that Djokovic would, you know, uh, would have. I just, I, I can't imagine Fed losing three Wimbledon's in a row, even though they're not consecutive. Same guy, but maybe, maybe Djokovic is that type of player who, if he has a little bit of a mental edge, extends it as far as he can. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking a little bit with my heart there, and I'm even thinking as a Djokovic fan, I'm still picking Fed because he just come in with a few more matches. It just has a more compact game. So I would I would pick Fed to win the whole thing. I'm picking uh, Djokovic. I just think he's the best player in the world, um, and nobody's on his level. Um, and uh, if anyone can beat him, it's Federer, at least at Wimbledon. But I think Djokovic uh, in a best of five is like, he's is always the favorite. Either way, you know that's uh, we're gonna get a great final as long as it's it's you know the if Fed, Fed and Nadal play in the semis and Djokovic is in the upper half, uh, you know still it's gonna be a, a great final. It's yeah. tough to pick. I'm only picking because of the law of averages and maybe the script. You know the Hollywood script has Federer number twenty one. You know his lot. Not that he would retire, but I can't imagine him winning past this year. So. You know, if ever there was a chance for 21, not to say that the draw is easy by any means, it would be this, but but who knows? I wouldn't have picked Tennis Sandgren in the round of 16 either. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so before we, uh, before we uh, head off, um, tell us about your time at Wimbledon. Uh, anything, anything new you spotted? Any new, like, Traditions or ball ball kid quirks or anything? Yeah, my wife noticed that uh, the ball kids. What we what surprised us is that long before they even get on the court, as in probably at least five hundred meters before they even step on the grounds of the court, all the ball kids are in formation, and literally everything is in the same place where they have their water bottle, where they keep their hands. I mean, uh, West Point could, could learn a thing or two from, the cadets could learn a thing or two from the ball kids. Uh, I also realized that when you're picking up tickets, and I, I was getting them from, from one, of the, one of the player's boyfriends, that 
there's a great place to pick up tickets, which is by the main gate. And then if you're picking up at the other place where the players leave the tickets, you really need to bring your running shoes because that is, that's a, that's a hike. And when you're doing with a pregnant woman, it's even more of a hike. <laughs> so, but that's okay. The tickets are free. Uh, and then the third thing I'd say is, uh, just don't eat at the first place that you go into because invariably you're going to find something better. So from, from off, those are my off court observations. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you always, uh, it's always best in life to know what you're doing with your hands. Um, like those Wimbledon ball kids. So they're getting really good training, uh, young. Yeah. When you got to grab that many balls, you really need to be, um, quick, quick, quick and know where to put your hands. Definitely know where to, exactly. to grip them. Yep. <laughs> on that note, so we, we look forward. We thank, we thank our fans, and we'll uh, we'll we'll probably report back with you later in the week if uh, if that's what you want. And we assume that's what the fans want. So we'll we'll check back in with you, uh, ideally before the finals. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, you know, grab your balls expertly the way Wimbledon ball kids do.